0: Welcome to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host Henry Grosser. It's me great pleasure to welcome back to Viewpoints after a several-year hiatus. Dan Hazler, who's a coach whose work focuses on creating happier, healthier, and higher performance. Dan's the uh, best-selling author of The Act of Leadership, which has already topped the Australian Business Book Charts. Probably because, as Dan says, it's about people, not business. He hosts uh, one of Australia's most popular management podcasts, Habits of Leadership, and is the director of Cut Through. Coaching. He's also an international keynote speaker, regularly presents alongside industry leaders on topics of leadership, mindset, motivation, and peak performance. And here's the one we're going to start with in a moment. Before moving to Australia, Dan was also identified on national TV, so it's not as furfy, as the UK's worst housemate. More of that in a moment, but firstly, welcome to Viewpoints, Dan Hazler.
1: Yeah, thanks, Henry. Thanks for having me, mate. <laughs> Pleasure.
0: It. Now, I want to get to the worst first. It's always the juicy bits <laughs> that get people in, and I'm sure you've spoken about this a long time and you've rectified it. How come you got identified on UK National TV as the worst worst housemate? And what's that story all about?
1: Yeah, so I reckon it's going back at least... Let has uh, been the maths now. Over 20 years ago, when I was at university... Um, in liverpool in england and
0: um me and my housemates were
1: sitting around on an afternoon watching some daytime television and there used to be a show on there called vanessa which was kind of like the uk's equivalent of jerry springer oh, yes. and at the end and at the end of one show they said we're, we're looking for the uk's worst housemate do you live with them <laughs> and my friend my mates my mates all looked at me and went well we reckon we do and um, so they, they <laughs> they call they called up the producers and um and, and yeah, but and, and because it was the afternoon at university, I think it's fair to say perhaps we've had a couple of sports drinks and so the um, and so the producers were very taken with our uh with our approach. And um yeah, basically they, they brought us on and there was different people um who'd obviously been nominated by the people <laughs> they lived with on the show and yeah, it was just it was a bit of fun to be honest. But um it actually was quite um it was it was it was a big rating show and so yes. I would actually be in the I I'd actually be walking down the street after it and people would come up and like there was one lady who actually slapped me in the streets because really? I was so disrespectful disrespectful to the people I was living with and it was like it was it was ninety it was ninety percent a joke anyway, it was, uh, yeah, no, it, was, it was funny. It was good fun.
0: <laughs> it is good fun. It also shows fortunately,
1: you... Fortunately, before the time of uh, YouTube, so there's, um, yes. there's, no, there's no footage of it, fortunately.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. It also shows you, Dan, yeah. you can be terrible at something and brilliant at another, which, of course, you are. Cut Through Coaching, you're the director of that. I'm, I'm always fascinated yeah. with backstories. Uh, why the title, I think it's a brilliant one, Cut Through Coaching, the idea yeah. for that title.
1: The idea simply came about because I just think there's so much noise. Um, I think there's so much BS. I think there's so much jargon. Um, there's so many different processes that people, you know, have to mm. adhere to. And and uh, honestly, you know, my, my aim is always to try and cut through that. Um, and not just my aim. We've got a team of nine or ten people who are working with us now. And our, our aim is to always just try and get – try to establish what the real – Issue is so cut through all the noise, cut through all the um, the bureaucracy, cut through all the jargon, um, and just say, hey, you know, we're, we're people. We're a group of people here who are trying to. We're trying to do our best for, for whatever purpose that is.
0: You mm-hmm. know, whatever
1: whatever it is, whether I mean a, 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 an education setting, a corporate setting, or a sporting setting, it's like we're all here. No, no one's going to work trying to be rubbish, right? No one mm-hmm. wakes up trying to be bad at something. Um, so it's like we're all here trying to get better um or, or trying to do our best so let's let's get, get to the the nub of the issue and so that's where the idea of cut through came through what's interesting Henry, is a lot of time people mispronounce it I it's like yeah. a freudian slip They're, they'll they'll introduce me as the director of cutthroat coaching yes. which i think is a, is a very different approach
0: <laughs>
1: so we <we're> not cutthroat <laughs> <laughs>
0: Absolutely, you could probably coach on how to improve yourself as a as a housemate. Now that segues into something. It segues into something which is on your website. I think it's really intriguing. You might like to explain. And I'll quote you: Everything changes when you stop trying to prove yourself and start trying to improve yourself. Um, the fine difference there—that's important.
1: Um, the separation of ego from um from what you're doing. So the separation of identity from um, what you do. So i found, and this, this, a lot of this came through my work with athletes, is that so many athletes, because they're typically identified young as being talented and good, and, mm. and people seem to value them when they're good. And perhaps they've val- the perception is they're valued slightly less if they're not successful, if they're not uh, playing in the first team, if they're not winning. Um it really struck me that that this this um, phenomenon of people you know trying to prove themselves trying to trying to make their mark trying to leave a legacy from an ego point of view mm-hmm. um, i think it also plays into you know imposter syndrome where people will walk in not feeling capable and so the um, advice is you got to fake it till you make it mm-hmm. and i think that's i, I personally I, I recoil at that kind of advice because what we're saying is so you know that you're struggling so who are we trying to fool here? you are trying to fool yourself in order to fool others or are you trying to fool others in order to fool yourself and if we just accept that every single one of us and i do mean that every single one of us on this planet um has an opportunity to learn grow and develop today you know in in some way in a relationship in the way that we think about an issue in the way that we connect Um, with our purpose or our our values every one of us has that opportunity today but if i walk in to this interview for example you know thinking right i've I've got to prove myself here i've got to i've got to make my point and and i've got to um you know just make a stand and and when, when in actual fact this this opportunity to chat with you, you know, as I'm as I'm saying this now, literally, I'm thinking I've not there's certain phrases that I've not used necessarily in an interview before, and I'm I'm trying to do that quite deliberately. I don't have a mm-hmm. stock standard phrase mm-hmm. um, because I'm thinking, okay, Henry Henry's got a different perspective to everyone else that's interviewed me. Um, let, let's hear what it, where he's coming from and and see how I can meet him where he is. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, this idea of improvement. I'm not saying that it's about. Um, In fact, it's absolutely not about striving for perfection because, again, perfection is a myth. Um, Mm. So I think, yeah, this idea that let's stop trying to prove ourselves, it's not about ego, it's about improving so we can make things better for everyone.
0: Mm. uh, As you said that, Dan, it it struck me, I, I thought personally, about my interviewing technique. And the interviews I dislike doing the most is when my guest wants exactly the questions that we have to have and it makes for a very stilted mm. interview. It would It's easier in the sense that, and you'd know this, it's easier in the sense that we know what the formula is and it's safe, but I always like a bit of elbow room in my conversations with people yeah. and of course that's the risk because uh, you haven't got a prepared line and you don't know how it's going to come out, but uh, more yeah. times than not uh, it comes out better and you learn something Uh, about yourself. Uh, Now, your book, The Act of Leadership, I'm I'm fascinated uh, with words and the way we use them. I I do write a bit, Dan. And you call it a playbook for leading with humility, clarity and purpose. And the word that really gets me there is playbook. It's obviously a deliberate choice. Why
1: playbook? Uh, I think, you said deliberate. I think it is deliberate, but I think it also stemmed a little. It probably started a little subconsciously, to be honest, and then mm. and then I doubled down on it, and then I doubled down on it. And I went, actually, no, I think it is a playbook. So, um, the, 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 the the thought behind the book was, I've never actually worked with a leader who doesn't know what to do, you know, or, or doesn't know that they should be, um, you know engaging their people in in the change initiative rather than just hoisting it upon them so you know you never you never I've never met a leader who doesn't know that that's what they should or could be doing but I've met tons of leaders who despite knowing this don't do it and so the, the, the it's not the, it's not knowing what to do that's the issue it's the knowing how to do it and so mm-hmm. what I've tried to do with the with the book is each chapter um, so, what I've, what, again, what I've tried to do, whether it's actually worked, is uh, you know different for everyone. But what I've tried to do is sort of lay out um, a concept, um, illustrate that with some real life case studies, and then mm. offer an opportunity for the reader to. Um, coach themselves in a way so what you'll notice in the book is there's probably two-thirds me at least one-third reader so what i mean by that is there's lots of there's lots of space to journal in there for them to create their own plays so you know when you think of an nfl coach or if you think of an nrl or afl coach they've they've typically got a book that they're journaling in where they're thinking about the different plays about like how they're going to um approach to the next game or, or, or how they're going to approach a season so yeah i think probably subconsciously leaning on that but then realize that actually no that is what i want to do i want to help people take that first second step towards the things that they know they should be doing but finding it hard to make a start
0: Mm, good point. Now, the title, um, The Act of Leadership, the first thing that struck me about that was that uh, the words, the act, are coloured in yellow mm. as a uh, humility, clarity and purpose. Uh, I love the title and I, lo- I love the way it's presented. The act of, and I thought, oh, now, act, that could be uh, the actual mechanics of doing it, or it also could mm. be acting. Um, and that yeah. raises questions of authenticity. I mean, it opens up so many scenarios for interpretation, which of itself is a good thing. Um, what did you mean by having that coloured in yellow?
1: Yeah, I think it was predominantly, it, 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 I, I'm a bit like you Henry, I like a different play on words here and there. Mm. So I think it opens up nice, um, you know, nice conversations. I would say, with regards to that, it's it's ninety five percent the act. So recognizing that leadership's an action, not a title, which is certainly isn't mm. my viewpoint, you know, and I've stolen that from lots of different thinkers. But <laughs> you, don't, you don't you don't need the email signature saying you're a manager or the head of something or a leader to lead. So it really is doubling down on the idea of this is an action. So everything in the in, in the playbook, you know, is based around acts. So, so, things that you or actions that you can that you can take. Um, interestingly, I, I do kind of touch a little bit on the the act of it as well. Like some mm. of the, and and I'm not so you know, I guess this this could be misconstrued as sort of saying you know, why are you faking it if you're acting? But I would actually say um, it, there are certain personas that perhaps you need to adopt for different times. Mm. So that's not and, and if and so if, you know, as as I'm sure. You know, in all the different environments in which you've worked over your life, mm. you, you, would show, you, you would show up as a slightly different Henry depending on mm. who's in front of you or the conditions that, that you found yourself in. So there was, it's, it's, this, it's this idea of being quite deliberate in how I'm going to show up. What, what, what does this moment require of me right now? Uh, and that doesn't mean I'm going to fake it. It means I'm going to be absolutely authentically down or who, you know, insert your own name. Um, I'm going to be <laughs> authentically damned, but but I'm going to be but I'm going to be leaning on the personas, the you know, the whatever. What's required? What's this moment require of me? What do these people require of me um, at this at this specific um, you yeah, know point in time?
0: Mm, yeah, it's 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 the real balance, and I, I think the book goes uh, yeah. goes delves deep into how do you retain your authenticity. And your core mm-hmm. values and present them in different ways rather than the message of well you've got to fake it I think I think uh, that's one of the uh, one of the skills of leadership now a couple of bits we w- the book is is such a good practical guide in many ways um, but a couple of things uh, just as samplers for people who Need to reread it again for some reason, or want to, or haven't got the book yet. I'll just quote a couple of bits. I'm sure you're familiar with them. In its best form, informational power can be used to help and empower people. In its worst, it can be used as a weapon. Could you elaborate yeah. just a tad on that?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I think um, I, I think everyone's had an experience where they know someone's holding out on them. You know, they, they know, and, and people even have that kind of look <laughs> that they might give of, you know, I, I know something you don't know. Yes. And I think um, particularly, yeah, you know, this plays out in families, it plays out in, in, in lots of different relationships where there's a there's a, um, a disparity between um, who's, who holds the information. Now, obviously, just to be clear, um, there are... You know, I think, let's, let's think of education in particular, you know, there are certain things that leaders of schools are privy to that teachers, um, you know, so whether that's um, confidential stuff around students or staff or um, mm. upcoming, um, perhaps it's upcoming changes that they're privy to because they've been at the conference and other teachers haven't been at, and whatnot. And I think, again, this comes to that authenticity piece. It's, am I, I, I always ask, um, leaders to consider like the 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 their ability to be as transparent as is appropriate. You yeah. know, so be as, so share as much as you can. Well that's it. Basically. Share as much as you can. Not share as much as you want. Because mm-hmm. I think that that's that's when we start blurring some lines between okay, am I am I sharing this information for your benefit? Or am I only sharing this information because it's actually to hold back on it is to my benefit? And again, this is such a general throwaway kind of line, you know, at the moment because of every every context is different. But I think um, I think if anything, the pandemic has taught us that um, information is key. You know and, and those leaders that can, commute, can communicate with clarity you know can, can communicate concisely um, can be quite direct when you know we don't need to be fluffy trying to read between yeah. the lines um, and again you know if you think about some of the angst that was brought up when people felt that some information was not being shared or some information was miss you know misinformation. You know, steering people, or whether it was or not, you know, is, is yep. you know the amount of misinformation that was just doing the rounds on social media. You know, but, um, unfortunately, we had the leader of the free world sharing a lot of that misinformation. <laughs> you know, so uh, at the yes. time, hopefully, hopefully that was a one-time only thing. But um, yeah, it's um, it's an interesting. Um, information because it's so ubiquitous now Mm. Um, and yet those that hold the key pieces of it they really do hold a lot of power And so authentic leaders are those which use that with their people and for Mm. their people Mm. um whereas others might hold it back to to you know use, use it against in the worst cases
0: absolutely time's on the wing but one more piece is so many parts of this book that are, are, are really valuable for leadership. I actually agree with James Kerr, best-selling author of Legacy, uh, on the front page he says it's a practical guide to personal and professional high performance. This book will change your life. Read it. Uh, it, it really it really. He, he's speaking the truth. One last one though um, of the many, um, under the, the heading of what if difficult conversations needn't be difficult at all? You say, we think people are on the same page when in reality some of us aren't even in, in the same library. Great metaphor there. i have all been <laughs> there. Uh, yeah, can you elaborate on that a bit, Dan?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, if anyone listening now is thinking of um, an issue in their their life where it's like, you know, I need to have a conversation, but I'm kind of hoping not to have to have it, or I'm hoping someone else will have it for me, or hoping that the other person will realise and they'll just change their ways. You know, I, I, my my um, my. Take on this is, I reckon, most drama in a workplace, particularly in a workplace, um, comes about not because of a malevolence on the part of anyone. No one's trying to stitch you up, generally speaking. Um, a lot, of, most of it is just a lack of alignment or a lack mm. of awareness. I just didn't realise that when I did this, it upset you. You know, so something I'll give you a, a, sim, a real simple example like explore, yep. uh, explore in the book is, um, you know, being punctual. So we all think we know what being punctual means, but punctual means different things for different people. You know, if the if the meeting starts at 10 a.m., my definition of punctual is well, if I'm not early, I'm late. So I'll be there at 10 to 10. You know, even for this, even for this, I knew you were calling at half past nine, but I was ready to go at 20 past nine. That's just mm. who I am. You know, I'm just ready. Um, whereas other people, you know, if the and I think this has really come about because of Zoom, where you can just click into a meeting. Um, you know, wherever you are, some people see punctuality as well. If the meeting starts at ten; I'll be there at ten. And then other people see it as well. I'll get there as soon as I can because you know how busy I am, you know. Uh, and and you know I'm on duty or you know I've got on this meeting, so I'll just get there when I can. And then others just rock up whenever they want, so long as they brought coffee or chocolate or biscuits for everyone. Yep. You know, then then they think it'll be sweet. And and the point I'm trying to make is that unless we're clear on what punctual means, if I get If I get cranky with people um, for for being on time or being even a fraction of a bit late, but I've not actually spoken to them about what I mean by that, we think we're all on the same page, but we're not. And so getting clear on that. So most difficult conversations, there was a time when it wasn't difficult to talk about the issue. It's just that we missed it over and over and over again. And so now it's like this big elephant in the room that nobody particularly wants to to bring up. So in that chapter in particular, yeah, it's all about setting norms and then um, using different techniques to catch, catch things in the moment when they're not really that big a deal to talk about. We can just say, Hey, I've noticed this. Do you, can we just talk about that? You know, as opposed to thinking I've got to sit down over the weekend and plan a difficult conversation. Cause my theory goes, if I think I'm going to have a difficult conversation, then I'm going to have a difficult, it's going to be difficult. Whereas if I think, well, you know, I've just got to get clear on a couple of things. I've just got to get aligned here. I've got to have a useful conversation. And my guess is that it'll go, it'll be more likely to go that way.
0: Mm. We, we tend to get
1: more of what we look for, is my point, Henry.
0: Absolutely. And it's interesting, the one on time. I mean, uh, uh, we, we don't consider the other people's time is of paramount importance to them and your sense of time probably isn't and you covered that one very well time's got away from us as always uh, it, it, it's a pleasure to a uh, uh, have has have witnessed you uh, in your presentations uh, read your book and have you on on our program and I'd I'd like to thank you uh, for that if people want to get hold of your book or check in on your um, podcast your management one yeah. the habits of uh, leadership how do they do that
1: uh, habits of Leadership. Anywhere that you listen to podcasts, um, you, you'll find it. Um, acts of Leadership is available. Um, the book is available everywhere: um, mm-hmm. bookstores, Amazon, it's on Kindles and audio book as well. If you like if you like the tone of my voice, you can have me in your ears for about six hours. Um, but uh, but also my website, danhazler um, that, that you can access everything that I've got there and you know, newsletter and different resources that are available. So that's uh, yeah, danhasler.com.
0: Absolutely, uh, that was Dan Hasler, who's a coach. Work focuses on creating happier, healthier, and higher performance. He certainly achieves that, yes. And The Act of Leadership is a great book. I'm, I'm not flogging it because uh, I know Dan, it is uh, a, a really practical guide to that. Uh, and we thank Dan for his time. Mm.